Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, for everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. This is the Detroit Supercross wrap-up. That's right, Detroit Supercross. And uh, something new this weekend, at least a couple of new winners. So we have something more exciting to talk about. Uh, BTOsports.com, of course, the nation's leading retailer for anything you need for your bike or body. Fantastic guys down there. Uh, OEM parts as well they carry. And you can use the code PULPMX to save yourself money when you check out on anything from btosports.com. And uh, Fox Racing, presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear. Continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the full line of 2015 stuff out now. V4 helmet, airspace goggle, 360 racewear, foxhead.com, or visit your local authorized motorcycle dealer, which will for sure carry Fox or their complete idiots. All right, thanks very much. We appreciate it. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, not the Jasons. No, no, we're going in a new direction on the Detroit Supercross wrap-up. Uh, first up, uh, he is uh, the RacerX online editor or something-in-chief or whatever. He is uh, Chase Stallo. What's up, Chase? Yeah, what's going on? I wonder if anybody's going to listen to these without uh, the Jasons on here. Yeah, maybe just put it on the line tomorrow as the Jasons, and then people will be surprised. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Chase, but, you, you know, one thing that doesn't change is you're actually still my boss, kind of like Wygant. Yeah, so, that is true. Um, you, are, you were in Detroit. So it's uh, nice was. to uh, get your take on things. Also on the line, uh, he works for Pulp MX, uh, among other things in the industry, uh, sort of a glue guy behind the scenes. He went to Detroit in place of me. He is the Swisscore. Swisscore, do we say your name or do we just call you Swisscore? Yeah, you don't know this, but I'm actually in my free time uh, a Weege impersonator. I'm really cheap, and I miss gate drops. <laughs> Fantastic. Um <laughs> You uh, you went there for Pulp MX, uh, um, which and actually, like I said, I tweeted out. I got a couple of industry people that were more than happy to just deal with you and not have me at any more races. So maybe you can just keep going, Swiss. Yeah, I was a little shocked that you were definitely more nervous and involved with this trip than Indy two years ago when I did the same thing, and I don't think I heard a, a word from you all day. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just lost. Maybe I have lost faith in you, and I didn't think you could do it. <laughs> yeah, slacking. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, Detroit Supercross. Let's get to that. Uh, talk about that. Uh, hey, hey, uh, Swizz. At least we, at least we had a sweep, but it wasn't a KTM sweep. Thank God. Yeah, it was. It's just weird the way that that worked out. The last. Three, what was it? The three preceding races, it was KTM mm-hmm. one and two in both classes, and then all of a sudden, not one class, but both classes, it's mm-hmm. Honda's on top with KTM's in the second positions. Yeah, Chase, uh, uh, what do you think of the track? It looked uh, like it was claiming some dudes. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of the, uh, I'll be honest, I wasn't a fan of the, the two rhythm sections off the start. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially that first one when guys, you know, not many were quadding, but it was definitely a possibility. Um, you know, I just wasn't, not a big fan of that stuff, man. I actually, you know, I think it's a little dangerous, as we saw. Um, but other than that, I thought the track was good. Um, definitely opened some options, um, you know, unlike <laughs> Indy. Um you know, you had that quad there. You had a couple other sections that were kind of separating some guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, other than the start, I thought they did a pretty good job with it. What's wrong with the start? You didn't like how it was shorter and went into a rhythm? or? Yeah, I just didn't like how it went rhythm and then another rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not a fan of those. I don't know why they do it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even after the race, a lot of you know guys that weren't racing were like, why, why do they continue to do this? Um, I think even Stewart was – saying some things so yeah i don't think anybody was a fan of that so well it looked like um well i mean i you know some people talk about putting whoops right after the start like remember oakland two years ago the uh chad reed uh james stewart uh collision um Mm -hmm. people are saying oh don't put you can't put whoops after a start that's the dumbest thing ever so what what are the guys supposed to do I, i don't i don't i mean i guess maybe they can tame a rhythm down yeah, maybe that's an answer. But what, what, if you don't want whoops and you don't want a rhythm, what are we going to do, Chase? Yeah, I mean, they are in a tough position. I just, I don't know. This one seemed different to mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, I mean, you could even tell watching guys go down. I mean, every guy that had a crash this weekend was in those two sections. Um, yeah. So if you are going to do it, at least have it a, a tamer section. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that first one... It, it was tough, man. I even talked to some guys after, and I was like, "Hey, what? You know, did it look as hard as it was?" And they're like, "Yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't an easy section right off the rip. So, right. Um, if you are going to do it, just you know, tame it down a little bit, and I think that works out better than what we saw this weekend. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Swiss? Yeah, I think maybe the the perfect storm for the situation was it was a short start, but yet that first rhythm. Once they got to that first corner, that rhythm, the way it was set up and the multiple different lines that they had, every line was based on them just hammering through those first rollers, almost wheeling through there and then getting on top of that table at speed, like high speed. So mm-hmm. it's, it, was, it was a weird kind of switch where they're usually coming in the first corner fast and then kind of maintaining momentum around the corner into the rhythm where this time... They're coming in the corner, breaking hard, and then just like hammering right out to to make it onto that table. Um, I don't know, I, Chase. I got to disagree with you too on the, on the quad thing. I love tracks where we only see five dudes doing something or three dudes doing something. It's supercross. These are the best riders in the world. I'm okay with that. That section, you know, I mean, it cost uh, somebody went somebody went down hard there. Uh, again, I wasn't at the race, so but. I like to see that kind of stuff. I mean, it is dangerous. It is super cost, and it is dangerous. Well, no, I mean, I'm all right with the section, just not on the, the first section. Oh, okay. I mean, if it was okay. the fourth section, yeah, I, I, I'm I see. more than fine with the right, section right. in general. I see. I just don't like it off the start. Well, we uh, Lemoyne, uh, where did he crash? I saw his Instagram there. Was that was out of that corner, the triple yeah, out, of out of that corner. Okay. Corner. And then, of course, now we have Canard uh, and uh, Jake Weimer, who both broke their arms Weimer's got a punctured lung, among other things. He's going to be in uh, upper arm too, um, broken for Weimer, lower arm for Trey. 
Um, obviously, I was sitting at home on my couch. What was it like there, Swisscore, when that happened? Huh. The place went silent. It was a lot like uh, – I, I don't go to a lot of the Supercross races, but it reminded me a lot of when uh, Zach Bell KO'd himself in Dallas. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just one of those crashes. I mean, it was after the second corner, so every all the action was in one spot. So pretty much everybody in the stadium was watching the exact same thing. So right. everybody saw it, and the place just went. You heard the big gasp, and then everybody went silent, and it was just like – that same eerie feeling of, like, mm-hmm. what just happened. And, Chase, both of the, the medics right away put splints on both guys' arms, which is never good. Like, that that means, like, right yeah. there on the track, they're like, you have a broken arm and you have a broken arm or wrist or yeah, whatever, you, don't, you know? you don't see that very often. No. And, and honestly, at first, it was it was a little scary, man. I mean, they, they were down for a while, mm-hmm. you know. It wasn't, you know, they, I don't know. It was eerily similar to, obviously not as bad. But uh, the Kennard Morris thing, I mean, right. kind of same scenario where, I mean, you still never know when a guy jumps on another guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was did like you, like Swiss said. I mean, it just, you could hear a pin drop in that place. It wasn't. Did you, uh, um, did you guys see the replay? I don't know if you saw it, if you had access to it today or, or at the stadium. Yeah, I've seen it. I've, I've still only seen the one that you texted me up in the press box. And, yeah. Uh, we we're, were passing that video around. While they were still tending to them and stuff, well, but yeah, like I mean, basically, you can't you can't really fault Trey. Weimer came up short, wasn't able to jump a section, and kind of moved over too. It looks like it looks like Weimer moved over into Trey's lane. And I had a couple of people, you know, talking about Trey this and Trey that, and there's no way that that's Trey Kennard's fault. That is just a racing incident, right? Both of you guys yeah. see it that way. Come on, I mean, man. That's, 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 that's what happens when you have a technical section in. In After the beginning the, right. opening lap well, in, in the in the first section or two. Supercross is dangerous. That's what the bottom line is, you know. I mean, yeah. I understand. Like, Chase, you made some great points. I'm, I'm just, again, yeah, yeah, it's a dangerous sport. <laughs> well, it's it's ridiculous to, if somebody thinks that's Trey's fault. I mean, right. it's racing, man. I mean, there's where is he going to go? Yeah. yeah there's no, nowhere no. he could. I mean, he was committed. I mean, that was what the section called for. Right. I mean, what else is he supposed to do? Um, So, I I don't know. I saw a couple of those comments, too. Mm -hmm. And I was, it just kind of blew me away, honestly. More, go ahead, Swizzle. Go ahead. They're they're clearly the best racers in the world at this type of racing. So, it's necessary that each of them give each other the respect and assumption that they're going to be hitting the section like they know everybody else is. And, I mean, nothing's perfect, so there's always going to be that percentage chance of error where something like that's going to happen. It's just something that it's a calculated risk. Right. You know what, though? Um, and, again, this isn't to uh, uh, bag on Canard at all or anything like that. Once again, though, he's involved in an incident that's going to take him out for a while. Not his fault. But the flip side of this is what I was thinking about last night. Like, oh, I'm like, oh, Trey again. Like, that sucks. You know, that's terrible. Um and again, not his fault, not saying that. What this incident does and what Trey's injury does for me is make me appreciate a little bit a guy like Ryan Dungey. Dunge doesn't these things don't happen to Ryan Dungey. Again, not Trey's fault, but Dungey doesn't it makes you almost appreciate Swisscore a little more about Dunge and his ability to stay out of trouble and be there week in and week out, which is part of winning a title. 
Like, when's the last time you saw Dunge uh, get, like, this kind of thing happen to him? It just doesn't. And, and, you know, we're all upset about Trey, and absolutely, but I can't help but think, and again, not Trey's fault, but I can't help but think that this incident, if that's Trey, if that's Ryan Dungey, maybe, I don't know, maybe he's not in that line, maybe he's not jump. I don't know. But Swisscore, a little bit, you got to tip your hat a little bit to Dunge. He doesn't, he doesn't, these things don't happen to him. Yeah, and it's, I mean, especially in the situation where it's the first lap, it's after the second corner in a rhythm that literally could have been any rider yeah. out there. I mean, it could have been Chad Reed. That that kind of stuff doesn't seem to happen to Chad Reed all that often either. No, but no. It's uncanny the way that Trey finds himself in those situations, and there's no formula. There's there's nothing. It's, I mean, people say make your own luck, but in in some instances, you just it's unpredictable, and it's just uncanny the way that right. Trey. I mean, As this happens so many times that there's no way to explain it. I mean, even Ryan Villapoto, he wins four straight Supercross titles. Yeah, sure. Crashes out in St. Louis in 2010. Puts his knee down wrong uh, for two two of the seasons outdoors. Crashes in Seattle uh, to, to wreck another outdoor season. Just these things do, don't happen to Ryan Dungey. And I guess that's all you can say. I mean, there's no reason for it, you know. But uh just made me think like, God, that could be just anybody in that situation, but it's never Ryan Dungey, so maybe it can't be everybody. <laughs> it's it's crazy well, that it's it's never Ryan Dungey, and it seems like it's always Trey. <laughs> and like I saw Max from Fly after the race, and I was talking to him about it, and we we're both just like like looking at each other, just going, "How does this happen to this guy?" Yeah, so many times, like it, there's you can't like if, when it first started happening, you're just like, "Man, this sucks. This is incredible." And then it happens again, and you're like. This is unbelievable. It happens again, and you're like, God, I feel so so bad for him. At this point, you can't even like shake your head in bewilderment. You're, it's just in, unconscionable that no. it's him again. Uh, go ahead, Chase. Well, yeah, I was saying that the Dungey, his health, I mean, that's one aspect of his career that probably doesn't get enough credit. I mean, I think the guy's missed you know, six races in his entire Supercross career. I mean, that just doesn't mm-hmm. happen, so... You know, it's almost something we take for granted. Um, it's kind of weird how nobody really brings that up. Um, yeah. I think it's become, we've become so accustomed to seeing Ryan Dungey on the starting line that, you know, it's just, it's almost like, you know, you know, it's something you have in everyday life and you just take it for granted. And then, yeah. you know, one day he's actually going to get hurt or something and it's going to be like, oh, wow, that guy was always healthy. Um, you know, so. Yeah, and also too, uh, look, there's, the pits are full of nice guys, but Trey Kennard and Jake Weimer are perhaps one and two in some sort of nice guy poll, or they're they're in the top five. Both are in the top five, anyways. You know what I mean? Maybe Andrew Short yeah. is, is at the very top, but but uh, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Both guys, uh, uh, it's a blow to the series and the fa- and and the fact that they have a lot of fans. Both guys, both of them are really nice guys. Not that you want this to happen to some jerk in the pits, or do you know what I mean? Though, like. Yeah, the, 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 the series is worse off for these two guys not being there. Yeah, and, and if you look at it, where we started, man, I was just thinking about it after that happened. I was like, man, look at the season we started, who we started with, and what we're down to. I mean, Wilson's out, uh, Hans out. Who's next? Who's Rogson's next? <laughs> out. Yeah, Kennard's out. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's it sucks because right. you know Car- Kennard was one of the guys that that could win. Um, 
So that's going to kind of water down the series um, even more, and the championship's already over. So, um, you know, it's just it's a bad so, thing to happen at this point in time. Chase, are you saying that Ryan Dungey with a 76-point lead is looking good right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough the last couple, but uh, I think he can pull it home. I hope so. Uh, all right, let's move on to the race a little bit. Um, either Swiss, when uh, Tomac caught and passed Dunge, uh, surprised or what? What'd you think? I mean, Dunge didn't do that quad until the heat race, I believe. So Tomac kind of had that in his back pocket. He used it to pass Dungey, even when Dunge did it. Um, uh, what'd you think of Tomac's ride? Um, I picked uh, Tomac for the win in my Moto Dynasty pick because from practice one. Chad Reed started first every practice, but Eli was right there and pressuring him. And mm-hmm. Eli looked like it just kept on coming back to me, watching him ride all night. Um, the RJ thing and how he came into Baggett's camp and said, you know, you're riding it like a 250. You can't do that. It's a 450. And watching Eli all of last night, he was so aggressive. He looked like like a coiled spring on a mouse trap, ready to just pop anytime that he was behind somebody in practice and in the race and everything when he was behind Dungey, like mm-hmm. he for that whole main event last night he looked to me like the first guy i've ever seen ride a 450 like it was a 250 and not have it come back and bite him well swiz i don't know if you've been paying i know this is your first race of the year but guess what it's been biting him all year you right. know but um, no, I'm saying that yeah. last night, that was like yeah, the yeah, first yeah. time I've ever seen him make it through and it, and it worked, but you, you can't bank on that week to week because as, as he's shown, it, it has been him many well, times. He didn't, he chased to me. He looked like in perfectly in control, no sketchy moments. Again, I'm watching on TV. They're not showing him for 20, 20 laps, but looked like, not like the Eli Tomac we've been seeing who's, who has struggled with crashes. Yeah, he was flawless. I mean, there's, there's no way around that. Um, and surprising to me is this this was his only a second win this year. Um, you know, it just seems like he's won more. Um, but when you really go back to it, this is his first win since Phoenix. Um, well, it's only, yeah, I mean, it's his second career win. His first was in Phoenix, so he's only won yeah, two. Yeah, so it, it's, yeah, but as the season develops, it's almost like you just thought he won more. Right, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's been a little bit of a struggle. And, you know, if you really look at it, this is kind of his rookie season. Um, you know, so it's, it's good where he's come from. I mean, he was having some troubles the last couple of weeks, so I don't know what he did to turn it around, but mm-hmm. it obviously worked. Yeah, if you were a fan, like a, a like a fringe fan that came with your buddies or whatever, and you didn't know really anything about well, the first sport of all, and for, what you first saw of all, last first, night. Swiss, first you showed up at the Silverdome, and you realized, oh, wait, if you were one of those <laughs> fringe fans. Yeah, it was it was tough to get me to get back in the car because I wanted to stay at the Silverdome, shed a few more tears. Uh, me, Nick was going to meet me there, and we were going to just do a couple turn tracks around the parking lot. But well, speaking I mean, of yeah. hey, before we get to your point, how was the attendance? How was the D- Detroit buzz? I mean, there's no doubt it's been lacking since the series moved downtown. I'll let Chase answer that since I haven't seen that okay. at stadium. Yeah, I mean it was. It was okay. I mean, you were there last year. I would say it was about the same. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a great crowd, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a terrible crowd. Right. Um, I would say, I don't really know what that stadium seats, but I mean, I would say it was close to, you know, 30, 40. Right. Um, which That's what I, was thinking. I don't think it's terrible, mm-hmm. um, especially when, you know, Indy was last weekend, which I'm, I think a lot of Midwest fans go to. Um, yeah. So you're really only pulling in that kind of Michigan 
uh, area and maybe Ohio. So, yeah, I thought it was all right. Yeah, I thought the attendance was good because the weather's crappy, the pits suck, and considering those two things, yeah, I thought the crowd turnout was pretty decent. Yeah, you know one thing. And sorry, Swizz, we'll get, I don't know what you we'll get to your point again. We got off on this tangent here. One thing about the the Michigan fans that I remember is I remember going to the Silverdome and the pits would open be open, and there were so many people in the pits. That, you know, that's part of the whole thing about being a fan, I think, in cities like St. Louis and Minneapolis and Detroit, um, in uh, Indianapolis as well. That part of that, the fans are just gnarly. They're hardcore. They all wear jerseys and they want to go to the pits and see people and, you know, get the autographs and everything. But with the weather and the, the location, I think that's, that's, you know, bad. It's a bad deal for uh, the Supercross fans that are so passionate. Um, you know, I think the SoCal people show up at seven. You know, I mean, certainly the pits aren't, you know, get me, don't get me out there on a ghost town, but generally speaking, SoCal people show up at 7 and go to the race and enjoy it and leave. But Midwest people, they're there at 9 a.m., you know, and I just think this pit area isn't isn't ideal for that. Yeah, the it, comparing Detroit to the Silverdome is it's laughable. It's right. such a joke. There's, there's literally no comparison. Well, Silverdome's still there. It's just all falling apart now, so... Um, anyways, what were you going to say, Swiss? Sorry, before I really interrupted you. Oh, come on. You know my memory. I don't remember anymore. BTOsports.com, <laughs> RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Chase Stallo and Swiss Corps on the line. All right, so um, Tomac looked great. And, I mean, Chase, do you think this kind of – do you think he rips off a couple here? I could easily see him doing that. I could totally see him taking this, like, momentum. He, sort of, he seems to be affected – Good and bad by what's going on. We saw this string of crashes. We saw a couple wins. You know, I could see him ripping off some more wins. And Dun- I mean, Dungeon's 76 points, so it's like whatever. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I think this probably gives him, you know, a little shot in the arm. Um, you know, maybe he was questioning himself to see if he could win again. Um, you know, I don't know. But I think this helps his confidence for sure. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if he won you know, one or two, and then Dungey wins, and then right. he wins another before. I mean, if he has three wins, three more, before the season's over, it wouldn't, Ooh, it wouldn't come as a surprise. I don't see him getting three. Maybe, though. Maybe. I mean, now Trey's out, so, yeah. Um, biggest surprise of the night for you, Swiss Corps, in the 450 class? Oh, man. Biggest surprise. Does anybody I'm know what? at the results does right anybody, now. Does anybody know what Pike was doing there when that crashed? That was weird. Uh, he had, uh, Jordan talked to him after the race and mm-hmm. he had said somebody, I guess, crossed into his lawn and he had to switch up his lawn. Okay. Um, and then he just got kind of whiskey throttle or something. I don't, I <laughs> caught it out of the corner of my eye and right. it, it was one of those like, Oh God, <laughs> you saw him hitting it and it was like, Oh God, what the hell is going to happen here? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he kind of got lucky and just became one with the corner. Um, right. Well, yeah, of course, you know, Pike's. All right, and expected to race next weekend. So yeah, um, <laughs> he was he was on it, man. He was moving forward, you know. Um, yes, so aggressive, man. That guy, I just love the way that guy attacks the track, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just pounds it, man. And he was looking good. I mean, it, a podium, I don't think would have been a stretch. No, um, no. Yeah, I mean, he would have been right in the mix. So it kind of sucks that happened, but you can tell he's kind of getting his fitness back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think he podiums before the end of the year. I think he gets on it. Uh, I I would say that. Back to you, Swiss Corps. Biggest surprise? 
I'm going to have to say Josh Grant in sixth. I know yeah. that if um, Trey was in there, he would have been back at seventh, and that's only one position better than his best finish of the year. But mm-hmm. his last few rounds, he's, I wouldn't say he's looking like the Josh Grant of old because we all know that he has the speed to, to mm-hmm. not really surprise anybody, but we've we've seen that he's got that speed where he's just like, wow, there's Josh Grant again. But he's he's found some consistency for the first time in a long time, and mm-hmm. for him to finish sixth, I mean, he held off Brock for a good number of laps there and didn't crack. So I'm saying that's the surprise of the night in the 450s. At no point, Chase, did I thought Reed was going to catch Sealy and give him a run for that last spot on the podium, but at no point did it look, look like Sealy was ever in trouble. Rode well. No, and he's he's found something, man. He's been good. Um, what was it? Was it before Daytona where he kind of had that struggle race? And then, yeah, it was. And then he came back. Yeah, Atlanta 2. Um, yeah, Atlanta 2. Um, you know, and he was, I think I had read somewhere that he was saying that, you know, it's this is his first long season, you know. So, um, you know, I think you're going to have those nights where you kind of come out flat. And, you know, since then, man, he has been fast. Um, And and he's been consistent and he's been aggressive. Um, You know, I asked him after Indy, you know, what what kind of strategies do you have when you're attacking Dungey? You know, because Dungey's so consistent. He's like, I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. I haven't raced with him long (laughs) enough. Um, So, it's you know, it's really telling that, you know, you're right. Like a guy like Sealy hasn't raced Dungey much, um, hasn't raced Kennard much. So, well, you know, you know uh, as he Sealy's all learns, I think we're just going better and better. Sealy's almost the same age as Dungey. They're close. Yeah, yeah. He's just been. Yeah. He just rode. You know, he he was a late bloomer. Kind of got a ride late, and I think he's maybe a year younger or something. He's close. So. I know. I know. Cole had breakout rides uh, when he was temporarily on the 450 before, but yeah, his season and consistency and ability to not crack when he does have pressure from behind is just amazing to me. Yeah, he's technical, man. He's a smooth, technical rider. Uh, Chad's race, uh, Swiss Corps, you talked to him after the race, and uh, he's kind of just, uh, whatever. He wasn't uh, He wasn't stoked, but he wasn't pissed either. No, he made it um, He made it sound like he wasn't feeling good all day, and actually mm-hmm. um, I, wa- I want to say it was Davo had mentioned to me that when I went and asked about interviewing the first time, he said that he, he thought he might be sick. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah. And then when he was leaving, he looked like he was bundled up pretty good, so right. he might not have been feeling that great physically. Right. Uh, Millsaps is kind of back, Chase. He, he said a couple yeah. weeks ago on the Pulp Show, like, I'm 100% over this illness, and you'll see a better a better rides from me in, you know, coming up here. And, you know, with Davey, you're like, yeah, okay, well, all right. You know you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's how I am with him, yeah. to be honest. I don't, I, I like the guy, but I'm just kind of like, whatever. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Damn it, if he isn't right, uh, he's been better. He's been much better. Yeah, he has. And, you know, even now, I still don't think we've seen the best of him mm-hmm. um, because, you know, he was sick for so long. He wasn't able to train him at Basically, his Anaheim one was a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, but he has been good. I mean, it's it's weird what you know, illness and all this stuff does to you, and then you know, all of a sudden he comes back and it's like, oh man, that's the the Millsaps we've been waiting for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's been good, and I, and I honestly expect him to get better. Um, you know, over the next couple of rounds. Swiss Court, uh, yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I feel like uh, Millsaps is. Um, I'm going to kind of 
lead this in the next writer I want to talk about, but I feel like Millsaps is kind of in the same boat as a guy who we saw back for the first time last night, Justin Brayton. Mm-hmm. He's been, eh, like, he's been racing, but he hasn't been well, and he's, he's I, think, I feel like he's building the endurance up again and the, the race intensity in order to get back to where he can be. And mm-hmm. I think he, I think he's probably going to be there in about maybe two or three more rounds. Unfortunately, that's going to be with only one yeah. or two rounds left to go. And we'll see if he can make it through an outdoor series, which he hasn't made outdoors uh, an entire 12 round series for a very long time. Um, yeah. And I wonder also with Millsaps, if uh, his recovery from whatever the sickness that he has is, has been hindered and slowed mm-hmm. by that crash at Bud's Creek where he, what did he lose a kidney? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's got anything to do with the getting back to speed and health and everything has been slowed because of it. I don't know with Davey, you'll never know. He'll tell you something. doesn't mean it's right or correct. He'll just tell you it to tell you it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest shock of the night for me, Chaser was uh, Swiss Corps did not get Brock Tickle for a post-race interview. Phenomenal. (sighs) Just a phenomenal, like that's his boy. That's his buddy. There's no yeah, one. what's going on here? No, Brock Tickle. Are you guys fighting? Uh, no, I don't know. You if right? I should, uh, you guys okay? I don't know if I should admit that I stopped by the truck twice and he was in a long meeting that lasted both of my trips by there. And uh, then okay. the third time that I came back, the semi was gone. It was like long <laughs> meeting, we're out of here, and there was nobody there. There is a bit of a strategy, Swiss Corps, to getting those post race interviews, and oftentimes, <laughs> as Chase knows, it's really just luck too. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it really I, I thought of that because when I did them in Indy before, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time walking back and forth between trucks and realizing there's nobody out here, nobody out here. I wasted a lot of time. So this time, I collected my stuff after I hung out in the press box for a while, went down, and instead of going to like the guys that I knew were going to be in the trucks for a while, I went over and and talked to guys that were like the seven deuce deuce he's there yeah seven deuce deuce is ready (laughs) and then alex ray and um some of the guys that i knew would just be hanging out they didn't have a whole lot of stuff to do they weren't watching right film or meeting talking to the team and stuff and then that allowed me to get back over to where the the bigger names were and they were available to talk are you telling me swiss score that the seven deuce deuce doesn't watch post-race uh video and break it down with his team is that are you telling me is this shocking me this is he was breaking down an easy up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, no, sometimes it really is. It, it's a game of you just walking by and you see a guy and you grab him. Other times you walk around, you kind of just miss everybody, and then before you know it, you don't got anybody. So we don't have yeah, a real, and de- you know. Detroit's the worst because, like, some of the teams are, like, across the street. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's even worse. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we some people like to comment on, oh, guys, you guys talk to him again? Well, he's hanging out by the truck. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's they make themselves available, we're going to talk with them. Yeah, if you um, want to get ta- they do well. If you want to talk to <laughs> if you want to talk to Filthy Phil or Alex Martin, they they're there. They are there. Yeah, they're hanging. <laughs> yeah. They're hanging, dude. Yeah. Uh, and that that uh, the temperatures last night didn't do didn't make anybody want to come out and talk no. either. So I mean, I I I had no problem with going up and knocking on semi doors and Mm-hmm. And sticking my head in and asking and stuff because these it was it was pretty damn cold by the time the night yeah. was over and people were not looking to come out of their trucks for any reason. Well, Swiss, there was one rider that made sure you got the interview. There's one rider that you know was was available, 
checked in with you and made sure you were ready. Called me and left a voicemail that he was coming to where I was to do the interview. <laughs> Andrew Short, everybody. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable is, is probably the right word for it. Um, hey, he got another hole shot. And did, did you guys pick him in Moto Dynasty? Because I got a guy who tweeted me that, that picked him. Uh, in no, no. I was going to. You did? I'm, sorry, I'm, staying, away from the, oh. I'm staying away from those. It's too risky, but god damn, look at Andrew Short right now <laughs> ripping off the whole show. Smoking it. <laughs> and, yeah. and also you too ATM, you're gonna your chances are pretty good. Look, we talk about third gear starts and, and we know that he's doing it and, and it works well for him, but look look at the short starts. Does trip. everybody know he's doing it though? Yeah. He's been some doing it for people think it's uh just happened. <laughs> yeah, well we've been yeah, we've been writing about it and talking about it for over a year, but whatever. Remember, um, remember after they did all the data on the Honda how he was Johnny on the spot for the whole shots then on that bike too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is this streak longer or was that one longer? I think that one was longer. He whole shot something like I want to yeah, say that was like every outdoor fourteen out of twenty four motos. Yeah, that was, but that was incredible. Um, he's a but I I am surprised that he he's dropping back as far as he is. I mean he's not going to be on the podium at this point in his career, you know. But he he dropped and again I'm just watching from TV. But I mean, dropped back pretty quick. Chase, wasn't yeah, that like yeah? I think race one ago that he led for like a good six laps. Yeah, that was Daytona. Daytona, uh, but yeah. I think on this one, I actually just kind of scanned the the replay, mm-hmm. and he got dropped back in that first rhythm section. So it wasn't like he faded. Um, right. He just got a good start, and then he kind of got sucked up in that rhythm section. He, I think, he was already like fourth or fifth. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it wasn't like a. Um, an indie where he led, you know, for a lap or mm-hmm. so, and then dropped back. Um, right. He got shuffled back pretty quick. Um, so, what did he end up getting eighth? Um, uh, ninth. So, ninth. Yeah, ninth, ninth. Ninth. Yeah. Yeah. Ninth. So yeah, I mean, he probably only dropped four spots from where he really was. Um, it just looks worse because he actually got the whole shot. Nice to see Nick Way get a season best twelfth uh, Swiss Corps in his uh, in his home Mich- Michigan State home state of Michigan. Yeah, and of course. Nick Way is not going to take the accolades without no, no. Uh, prefacing that we lost a couple of good guys tonight that helped me out. You know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's that's Nick. He's not not one to really be like, you know, um, well, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm happy or whatever. It's just it's a grind. It's always a grind. Um, <laughs> uh, Swiss Corps, but you saw him do the pre-night pre, uh, show uh, track thing. and it's, uh, Chase, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, I caught the tail end of it this weekend. I haven't seen it before, usually because we go down to the pit yeah. when he does it. Um, but I actually did catch the tail end of it, and, dude, it's impressive. Like, how yeah. does he do that? I, can't, I can hardly breathe when I'm riding, like, for the last talking, man. I like, I, I don't. And he's so, like, mild-mannered, too. He's like, all right, and uh, just jump this 150-foot triple, and all right, now we're going to turn. <laughs> just like, what yeah. the hell, man? No, I, he told me he did it, and then I, I didn't see anything until round – seven at Dallas and I knew there was a long lineup to get into the press box into the stadium so I'm like I better head up now and I got through the line real super fast so I got to the press box like real early and I'm like oh hey look at this and I'm with you Chase it's pretty cool he does a good job on that yeah yeah he really does I mean it's it it just kind of brings it to into perspective of just how amazingly talented these guys are Um, Mm -hmm. you know something you kind of lose sight of you know, when you watch it every weekend and you just forget how good these guys are. Um, mm-hmm. 
So yeah, that's just something that kind of brings it full circle. Right. So Wizzy, you liked it? Yeah, I mean, I asked him. I, I complimented him on it when I interviewed him, and mm-hmm. he's just like, yeah, yeah, like like he hadn't even considered that it was like an an interesting thing that people would really get something out mm-hmm. of. I mean, that's better than a track map with a green arrow or. Right. I make going around a, a track and explaining things on the live broadcast or anything. He he goes around the whole track slow, talks it out, explains that there's probably different ways that riders are going to attack certain sections, and he he really takes the time. He'll wave to the crowd when they get loud as he comes around certain sections and stuff too, and then he'll go on a heater and and as he's hammering through the sections, he's mm-hmm. still talking and still yeah. providing info. So I mean, that's awesome for the fans. Yeah. Um, season high finishes for Way, Chisholm, Partridge, and LeMay. So we'll probably be seeing a few of these season high finishes, the way these things are working out right now. Um, Alex, and don't forget Alex Ray made his first main event ever. Yeah. Um, I think he, is that Heath There were many riders very happy for him. Is that Heath Harrison's first main too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's first career, but oh, okay. it's, it's definitely first one this year. Yeah, first one this um, year. Alex Ray had it last week, and he blew it in, uh, in Indy. I had him in the Moto Dynasty too, but he seemed like a nice guy. Uh, Swiss Corps on the uh, on your post race interview, he was yeah. uh, pretty excited. I'd never talked to the guy before, except on Twitter. But yeah, he was totally jacked. When I got over there, I, I saw his bike, and there was people scattered around. I'm like, "Where's this guy?" I'm like, "Where is Alex Ray?" <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, I think he left." And I'm like, "No, don't tell me that." He's like the main interview I wanted to get, and found him. He he peeked his head out of the side of the truck and came over, and I was like. You'll love this, Moser. When uh, he came up to me, I was like, you want to do an interview for Pulp MX? He's like, are you Moser? <laughs> and I'm like, no, FML, I am not Moser. I'm so sorry. And he's like, oh, yeah. I am but, not yeah, he Moser. Was super nice. And he was super excited still. Um, he's he's definitely not thinking this is going to be his last. He said he's ready to improve upon it next week. No, he's been on the cusp a bunch, and now with a couple of guys out, he'll be making some more. Getting mm-hmm. getting mistook for Smoser though is is that's rough. <laughs> that's really Sadly, rough. Sadly, it's not the first time it's happened at the race. He probably started to get worried when he started with Smoser. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, so like I said, Chisholm is season best eleventh. Uh, Brayden did pretty well. Chase first race back, right? I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Out of the heat, tenth place. And so. then he was. Uh, I talked to him after the race, and he was like, "Man, I'm." I've never been so sick in my life the past two weeks. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess he had the flu, and then he got—I can't—I I can't remember the uh, exactly what it was, but he got sick from having the flu. Oh, jeez. So he was sick. <laughs> yeah, he was sick for like two weeks, and then you know we were talking, and it, it kind of rang a bell that like, man, this is only his third race with that team. Yeah, it's um, crazy, right? So yeah, and he was like, man, I was like, you know, was it kind of like Anaheim? And he was like, and I'm one. And he was like. A little bit, man. You know, I haven't really. I think he had a couple of days on the bike before, mm-hmm. um, and, and like I said, you know, it's basically a brand new team for him. So, um, yeah, I thought he was. You know, Steve, we talked on Thursday, and I think this is kind of where he ex- we expected him. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it, but it was good. Though. I mean, I, right. I watched him, um, and yeah, he looked good out there. The um, uh, the Candyman came back from an injury, got seventeenth. Good job by him. And Jason Anderson, hey, we're talking about Cole Seeley, who seems to be getting stronger in the rookie year. Well, Anderson is having, he had an eventful indie with a lot of things going on, good and bad. And now this weekend we saw him crash out in the main. Just He had top ten finishes every week until last week, and now two in a row with basically kind of crash outs. Um, 
you know, again, it's a long season, isn't it, Chase? Yeah, it is, man. And I think these guys probably hit a wall at some point um, just because they're not used to it, man. It's mm-hmm. a lot of travel, um, especially a guy like Anderson who rode primarily West Coast. Right. He only rode East Coast his first year. Um, so he's probably not used to this, you know, California to the East Coast every weekend, um, well, which has to make it a lot tougher. No, he lives in Florida now. Oh, yeah. Well, Florida. Yeah. Well, uh, but still, still no, travel. it's just still a um, long season. Absolutely. It's still a long, yeah, it's yeah. a long grind. Um, anything else on 450s before we move on? Anything else? Swiss? Nah. Um, well, I just want to say Brayton was going to be the, the shock of the, the 450 class, but I mean, everybody is talking in his return that they expected him to do 10th. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a disservice because everyone expected him to be 10th, but I still think that's definitely a respectable finish considering how sick he was and how little he's ridden that motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, no, Absolutely. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech to save yourself money uh, on on something from Racetech. 10% off. Use the code PulpMX15 to do that. Ben LeMay uses Racetech and uh, got a season best uh, 14th on his Husky. So listen to this commercial. Buy something at Racetech. Save some money, and we'll all be happy. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to PulpMX2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. And we're back. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Swiss Core, kind of just one name like Prince, uh, and, uh, yeah. and Chase Stallo on the line here from RacerX to talk about Detroit Supercross 250 class. Well, I got to say, uh, Bogle did not qualify well, which, you know, he's not always a great qualifier, a Swiss Core, but I was, uh, I was pretty impressed winning the heat and then uh, getting the, the start in the main and checking out. Yeah, he he was all he was the very the equal measure to Eli Tomac, but with more fluid style mixed in and a little less aggro intensity. Mm-hmm. He, he looked amazing the entire main event. You know, ever since Larocco told me that he didn't think Bogle's fitness was on point, Bogle's fitness seems to be on point. So, um, you know, there was a point where Larocco was like, "I just don't think he's he's there where he needs to be in his fitness." And I sort of so I started watching him a little bit more closely and it's been good so you know it just took a while to get going but it's good I, I mean chase i wasn't there but muskan had i mean once muskan got in the second he didn't make really any time up yeah and it's funny i actually wrote this 
because D- Detroit last year is when he came back, and Detroit was actually Indy last year, the same round. Um, you know, and I wrote it, and you know, I was, people were hammering me like, "Oh yeah, but but AC and all them are out." Well, he was still really good. Um, uh-huh. So this this doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, I thought he was going to be a lot better. Um, I, I don't think he let on how probably hurt he was coming in or how not mm-hmm. ready he was. Um, and to be as consistent as he has been um, has been pretty impressive. And I think we saw the the Justin Bogle that we'll probably see the rest of the year um, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And it was it was on point, man. That's for sure. What did you see out of Moose Scan, Swizz? Were you uh, kind of like me, kind of waiting for him to just dominate again? I was uh, earlier in the day. But then um, as I started watching Bogle in – First the heat and then in the main, it uh it was clear that he was putting together sections in a moose can like smooth fluid style. That I mean, Bogle's always pretty fluid and smooth, but he looked more fluid and smooth than Moose Can did even on pretty much the entire track. And um I didn't see Moose Can pressing like I expected him to. Mm-hmm. And by about six or seven laps into the main, it was kind of clear that Moose Can wasn't going to force the issue. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, look, full marks to Bogle for winning. But if you're Moose Can, you didn't get the start. You had to work your way up. And he closed on the last lap, but I'm sure Bogle was cruising or whatever. But for the most part, if you're, Mar- if you're Marvin, you're like, okay, well, whatever, three points, no, no big deal. Still got a nice, comfy lead, right? Yeah, Muskie yeah, had uh, faster lap right. times than Justin for the first half of the main event. And Marvin was can... Ma- Marvin was faster than Bogle the first half. Yeah, well, not every lap, but uh, okay. lap three he, he had him, and oh, lap okay. six he was faster. All lap right. seven even. Okay, uh, Savachi third, Martin sixth, or Martin fourth. I'm um, sorry, number six, Jeremy Martin fourth. Uh, I guess if you're Martin Chase, you're just happy to. Happy to be there after last week's disaster. Yeah, um, and, and I just kind of think that shows his his mental fortitude. Um, I think we saw it last year when he came back and, and won the outdoors after not qualifying. Um, you know, I, I know it does bother him. I mean, he told me when he wasn't qualifying uh, last year that it kind of bothered him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he's got a good camp around him that that can kind of just pick him back up. Um, and I think it showed this weekend. I mean, he was fast. He looked good. Um, and I think for him, uh, like you said, I mean, you just kind of want to get in, take a fourth, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. get back, get, get the get the train back on the tracks, and then uh, you know come back. But yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was. I thought he did well, though. I mean, to to come back from yeah, you know, missing his third main in yeah. his career. Um, you know, I thought it was good. Hampshire's getting to Hampshire is figuring it out. He's figuring it out. Swiss score. He was. I was beside myself when I saw Davalos. Yeah, that move. Marks, I don't know. I don't know. If I asked RJ if he if he made a mistake, if he heard the bike like it was like a stuck throttle or something, and RJ's like, I don't know what happened. I didn't hear anything. I didn't even know he was there yeah. until I was over the berm, and I was. I was so disappointed in, in that occurrence. But then to see RJ mount a charge and actually get mm-hmm. back to 11th, which is pretty respectable from where he started mm-hmm. at, on the ground. But uh, 
and then to see Bogle come around and RJ kind of camp on his back tire for a good number of laps there and not really lose anything to him, I was really impressed with that. Yeah. No, it's good. Guy won a heat race, too, so he's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Looks like Geico Honda, like I, like I wrote, they're just reloading with, with Hampshire. And Smith was good, too. Crashed out, but he was, uh, you know, Jordan Smith showed some speed, too. When, I, I, I was pretty impressed with uh, Anthony Rodriguez because right. we, we know that he's got speed, but, man, does that guy always seem to to crash. Well, did you watch and, him in practice, Swiss? Because he has close calls all the time. Yes, the the practice didn't look good. <laughs> right, right. He's <laughs> he's fast, but he he has some some moments out there, no doubt. Yeah, it, it it says a lot that when I set my Moto Dynasty picks every week, like even though I'm I'm always like, yeah, this kid's fast. He's gonna he's gonna run mm-hmm. top five for most of the race, but I'm putting him in like fifteenth or sixteenth. Right, right. Uh, Chaser, when do we start talking about uh, this Colt Nichols kid? Right now, two solid races in a row, man. Very impressive, right? And yeah. it's kind of been very quiet. Like it's, it's almost like you forget about it, you know, because he he's been fast and qualifying all year. Yeah. And then, uh, what was he six fastest in uh, Atlanta one, and then didn't make the main. Yeah. Um, but he's really turning it around, man. And uh, you know, he's he has that arena cross background. Um, he rode for the Babbitts team last year, so maybe people aren't as familiar with him. As they are of like Hampshire or Smith, mm-hmm. um, man, he's been good. And and I don't know exactly what those bikes are, but I'm guessing they're not Geico bikes. Um, yeah, no. I'm so sorry. yeah, I, I've been impressed with him so far, though. It's been good. No I'm doubt. not. I'm not too proud to admit that I turned to Chase. I believe during the heat race, and said, "Who in the hell is Colt Nichols?" <laughs> I was he did. Shocked. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, Man, I'm surprised his number's so high. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, who is 986 Colt Nichols? Honestly, Nick tried to hire him this year, put him on his team this year. It didn't work out. Albertson tried to get him on their team. Well, he was supposed to be on, on that cross on team last year, and it never happened. I've been hearing about Colt Nichols from Nick, from Jimmy. Uh, from a few other people that he's been in mix for rides, I've been hearing about him for a while, to be honest. And we're finally, and I never saw the kid ride. He raced arena cross last year, and I heard he's balls out fast all the time. I've heard that from a bunch of people. Like, you know, Nick Way's not easily impressed, and he's like, "No, dude, the kid's legit. He's real." And we're seeing mm-hmm. it right now, you know. So yeah, yeah, I saw him at Loretta's last year, and he was going toe to toe with Hampshire. Um, yeah, and and that's kind of like the first time I've really seen him, mm-hmm. and. and when I saw him there, I was like, "Wow, this guy's a lot faster than I thought he was." So, yeah, um, yeah, good for him though, man. It's been a been a good year for sure. Cunningham's getting a couple races good together. I mean, he should be a he's a four to ten guy every weekend, you know. Kyle, he's he's talented, no doubt. He's figuring it out. Uh, Oldenburg was good, although he went down again in practice. One of you two tweeted that he went down in practice again twice, twice, twice. I think and, twice. And, well, and not, one in the first, and then one in the second, and not tip overs either, right? No, the no, one the first one back. back to the tunnel. Right, so. Yeah, I the mean, one in the first pack. He went down in that section LeMoyne did. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it wasn't. So, Frankel, Another guy with a lot of speed. Yeah, yeah. He's got to. He needs to stay off the ground a little yeah. bit. <laughs> eighth is good, though, for for the team he's on, the bike he's on, the, his experience level. Eighth is good, just like Colt Nichols, too. You know, sixth is good for him. Jimmy D, did, what did Jimmy D jump in practice? What was that? He jumped the quad that Tomac was doing? Yeah. Okay. He was the first one to do it, too, or the first one I saw doing it. Um, and it was big, man. It, it was a little sketchy, though. Um, 
where it was like, oh, man, hopefully he doesn't keep trying this. How many guys jumped it? Jimmy D, uh, Tomac, uh, Pike? Muskin, um, and then I think Savaji jumped it as well. Oh, okay, so all over the tabletop into the into the turn, right? We're talking about the same quad? Um, the one that Dunge, Tomac, Pike did? No, it was the first one when oh. he – it's coming out of that like drag race turn. Oh, okay. He was going four over the table. You know how most guys were jumping onto the tabletop? Yeah, yeah, okay. He was so, jumping over the tabletop. So a, a lot of four of these were doing that. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was but the first 250, 250 guy. 250 guy doing it. Okay. So, but you saw yeah. three 250 guys do it. Wow. Yeah. Muskin did it. Was so doing it did as well. any 250s try the jump that Tomac and Dungeon Pike did? Over the. Not that I saw. The single over nah. the. Yeah. Who, which 450 guys did it? I saw Tomac, Dunge, and Pike. I want to say that's it. Those are the only guys I saw doing it. Swiss? Swiss, you might have seen something else. Which one are you guys talking about? The quad where Tomac passed Dungy in the main. Is that in the first rhythm section? <laughs> You're on the race review. <laughs> you should know what we're talking about. The, <laughs> the major pass of the race was made there. <laughs> And it was over. Oh, yeah. I don't. I think it was the second rhythm section. It would have been after the left hand turn. Yeah, it was the second. Um, yeah, I, I didn't see anybody other than what you guys already mentioned. Right. So three dudes doing it. It's pretty. pretty when some when something is big enough for only three guys are doing it, that's big. Yeah, you, you know? can use yeah. the hashtag. Stu would do it. <laughs> Stu would have done it. Stu would have. Stu would have definitely done it. Yeah. Uh, Jace Owen. Uh, Jace Owen. I, I've watched him a lot, and he's fast, and he's also sketchy. But he's put two good races together, so good job by him. Um, yeah, I've been waiting for that for a while because yeah, you know the guy's got speed, and he was he was in that same realm as Anthony Rodriguez, where you know he's got the speed to run up mm-hmm. even in the top five for a good portion of the race. But yeah. you just know that he's he's going to do something, he's going to tip over, and he's going to tip. It, earlier in the year, it was just a catastrophe, but yeah, lately yeah. it's been. A well, decent finish, and these last two races have been pretty good finishes. The catastrophe is the cat's rides. He rode a lot right this weekend, but geez, the cat. Yeah, so. yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It's not. It's not what we've seen from him in the past, though. No. Um, um, and I think he had to borrow uh, Golden Forks. Forks, yeah, he tweeted that. I yeah, saw yeah, that. okay. Um, this. Oh, yeah, I thought I saw something about that. Is this the first name? Is this the first main chase for a gully? A gully brother? Yeah. Wow. You know, one of them. Yeah, the are representing. One of them barely makes the night show, or doesn't always make the night show. I don't know if it's this one or not. I, I, I think it. No, I think it's Aaron. I get them confused. I think it's Aaron. Okay. I think Adam's the faster one. One thing you got to really admire is the gullies walk the track in their gear every week. <laughs> yeah, they, you, I haven't seen them this year. Did they do it this year too? Um, I, I. You know what? I haven't noticed this year or not, but in the years past. Yeah, I have noticed it in years past, which is I thought was awesome. Just wearing the pickup kit on the track, man. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not. They're they're ready for that first practice. They are ready. They are <laughs> geared up and ready to go uh, during track walk. So that's impressive. They wear their chest pros and everything. Yeah, um, I dig it, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I, I one it would have been nice if one of you two jerkies would have confirmed that Vince Freeze wasn't racing. I, I know I could have looked at the. Qualifying times, which I did, but I didn't notice. I think it was an injury report. Was it? it? Oh. Yeah. Well, it was like a game time decision. Which you, with that team, um, that's probably the best you're going to get. <laughs> um, wow. I've tried to track down some injuries through them, and it's just 
is just tough. Um, Maybe, but yeah, I mean, why don't you contact the MCR OEM team? Contact the OEM of MCR and find out. Yeah. You know, where is their headquarters? Uh, high Desert, Spokane. Oh, Spokane, <laughs> or the High Desert in California, <laughs> one of the two. Um, so are either one of you two? I'll start with you. Uh, Chase, are you worried about Marvin's title here in this series with Bogle's win? Does this, um, does no, this, uh, and the, one of the main, I mean, what's, it's kind of disappointing because Vegas doesn't count this year. Right. So it's, there's two rounds, man. Um, which kind of, you know, I, I'm not sure why the whole Vegas thing was tossed away. Nobody ever really gave a reason. Um, but man, I think that's the only title that could actually come down to having, Vegas actually meaning anything. Um, so it's disappointing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I still think Muskin's, you know, in a good spot right now. We need some Bowers-Webb smashing going on here when the West picks back up because Webb's got a 30-point lead too. Yeah. it's uh, You know, it's, I was telling somebody where oh, I think it was practice, and I was like, you know what, it's, it's races this deep in the season where I think the loss of Stewart is probably the most uh, uh, prominent. Because even, you know, last year in Toronto when he put that amazing ride together, um, mm-hmm. when the series gets stale, I mean, you could always look for Stewart to, you know, do a crazy jump or, you know, he just adds a little, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flair to it. Um, so I think, you know, these later rounds is really when you see, like, oh, man, when well, Stewart was here. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> talked, I talked about this last week, but, you know, if you the history book will show you that the 2014 450 Supercross Series – was a route because Villapoto won the last four races. He led all 80 laps, and he had a big, nice, huge points lead. But up until that, you know, the fifth last race, Stewart won. The gap was 16 or something, and then RV went on a run. But for for 14 races, we were in a fight, you know. And right yeah. now, we're we didn't have a we, our fight was over around nine, you know. So. Yeah. The the points show us that it was a runaway, but if you were there, you realize it didn't. The runaway didn't happen until the very end of the series. So yeah, um, and this year it's it's tough to you know. I, there's still a lot to look forward to, um, but even this weekend, you could tell like a lot of people were just like, "All right, let's get let's get through this." Um, <laughs> it, it wasn't not Swiss you know, Corps. Swiss Corps was there. Yeah, Swiss Corps was pumped. He was there. He's Swiss pumped. Corps was ready to roll. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> Taking the series up around the most 12. part. Right. You know, I mean, I think people are just kind of going through the motions. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what you're going to get when there's not really much on the line. At the 250s, uh, Bogle winning kind of adds a little mm-hmm. back to that. But then, you know, we only go to St. Louis and then we're back to the West, which Webb has a 30-point lead. Yeah. So, um, you know, unless unless Bogle wins St. Louis, you know, it's going to be uh, right. tough to get pumped for these last couple. Well, it's not a – yeah, I mean – and it's uh, – it's it's uh it wouldn't it's not far out of the realm to kind of expect that Bogle might win St. Louis. I mean, we always hear these guys finish second over and over and over, and they're just like, I just need a little more, I just need a little more, I can do it. Right. And I honestly thought for Bogle, it was a lot of the same lip service that we hear from a lot of the guys. But mm-hmm. when I was talking to him after the race, he's, I was like, Were you that much? Have you gotten that much better? Or, are you just mm-hmm. being consistent and it just worked out tonight? He's like, no, I'm getting better all the time. And I honestly believe that it, the improvement never ends as long as the work is going in. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't expect him. I didn't expect him to get a win this series just because he looked kind of 
the same at every round until last night. So I kind of believe that really he really is going to be striving to, to get even better than he was last night. Well, I haven't missed a race for two years until this past weekend, and I can tell you it's not a coincidence that the series is the way it is, and I, and I decided to stay home because it, it has been, Chase. Man, it it's has surprising been. you didn't want to go to Detroit. Dude, it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful city. Easy. Swiss Corps will, Swiss Corps will shank you. Um, he, he, no, if, if, if Chase starts disparaging Pontiac and the Silver Dome, then we'll have to go. Yeah, yeah, not a great race to go to. There's no doubt, but coming from nah. the West Coast. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna it's definitely losing a little bit of steam here. It will be interesting to see if the attendance, how the attendance is at, at some of these races going forward, because you know there is this terrific uh, HD TV package live every Saturday night. This series is everything's wrapped up or whatever close to it. So it'll see, be interesting I, to see. I disagree though. Oh. I mean, because I think most people and. This is just from my experience. Um, when I wasn't covering the races or paid to go to the races, I went to one race a year, and it was Atlanta, and it didn't matter what was going on in the series. We were going. Right. Um, it was just, you know, that's the only Supercross you can go to, so you're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll be honest, I wasn't probably following the sport as closely um, then, you know, especially mm-hmm. in, like, high school and stuff. So, I mean, you know, I probably didn't even know what the point standings were. I just wanted to go because it's Atlanta, and, you know, that's what we do. Chase, um, and you wanted to go and drink beer. Yeah, we want to go drink beer and hang out and watch Stewart do some cool stuff, and, you know, you go home, and you go to the DMX party. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I disagree a little bit, especially in the Midwest. Like, okay. people in St. Louis and stuff like that, they've been stuck inside for six months, man. They're ready to yeah, go no, and no. do something and some come to town, so... Yeah, I disagree a little bit on that. Okay, all right. Well, screw you then. Um, <laughs> uh, Swiss Corps, what was the uh, what was the best and worst part of covering the race as a media guy? Uh, best part, I always like to challenge myself when I go out for the to get the interviews from the riders afterwards. And if I mean, like going up to Chad Reed and asking for an interview, especially when it's clear that he wants to get to his car in the parking structure and get on the airplane and get home. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of set that as my, my goal to, to make that happen, even though I can tell that he's not really wanting to do it <laughs> at that point, especially since he wasn't feeling good and well, all that stuff. You're but. lucky that you do know him a little bit, you know, he knows you a little bit anyways, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, a lot of the guys, I'll just say, I just walk up and say, can I get you for a minute? I don't say anything about pulp until maybe yeah, don't, afterwards. Don't say nothing about like pulp. And, yeah, don't, don't, don't drop pulp. That's, that's yeah, yeah, I don't I probably won't even know what that is. The interviews. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Pulp? What? <laughs> you just say you was like part of the race or something. Just that it was Detroit. <laughs> What's that, Swiss? Worst part of the race is just, just that it's Detroit. It's not Pontiac. The, the, in, the entire aura around the whole event is so much dulled by being can, Detroit and not the Silver Dome. Can we talk about how you didn't watch the third practices? You went to go to grab some. No, I was there. No, 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 no. Swizz disappeared for quite a while. Dude. Swizz was gone. Went. He was I gone, dude. Nosebleed. I was tweeting I up was a storm and Swizz was gone. What, what kind of gear was Villapoto wearing then if you were in the nosebleeds? 
<laughs> it was green. Oh wait, he wasn't there. Never. It was it was it was a dark area. Nobody nobody could see me. Nobody expected me to be there. Right, right. Well, it was funny. I was watching practice and Swizz was in like disappearance, but I kept seeing tweets come up, and I was like, "What the hell is he?" <laughs> no, he was tweeting from. <laughs> he, he he left the stadium to go to go. He left yeah. the stadium to go. Uh, you know, go get something to eat. So I'll dock his pay accordingly. The menu was amazing. <laughs> um, all right, anything else on the uh, on the podcast here? Detroit wrap up. Nah, I think uh, I'm good, man. I can't think of anything. Not I just want to say it's it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it it seems like it happens more often than not because injuries happen and all that crap, and it affects the title chase and everything. But it's just a bummer that with four uh, five rounds left, mm-hmm. we're already looking to kind of the side stories and the the deeper battles for the the real excitement and interest in what's going on in each series. Can Alex Ray make a podium? That's going to be the news. Yes. That is it's both. Sorry. Mm-hmm. The good thing we have is, uh, you know, Argentina's this weekend. So we have something to look forward to as well. So, you know what? That's funny. The last two weeks I've been like, like they're watching the Supercross and stuff. I'm like, man, at least we, we got a GP coming up. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's not very often. That's uh, see, I, I'm not into it. That I'm not into it like you guys. Like, like I'm really? full. No, no. Like, listen, I'm, I'm interested to see this. This is cool. I'm looking at the results. But I've had more than a few people tell me that they, you know, they're setting their alarms. They're getting up. They're watching these races. And I, oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. Like, you know, that's I'm nice. not. I'm not into it. Well, that, that Thailand bad. wasn't, or yeah, Thailand or Qatar wasn't bad because it was like noon. Right. So. Right. We just, you know, gave us a reason to start drinking early. So yeah, no, I'm all right with that. Yeah. Anytime I start drinking at noon and not feel bad, I'm all right. Spoken like a true Racer X employee, for sure. Um, <laughs> hey, Davey was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, that's what I mean. Racer X was founded at the fishbowl. So, yeah. um, no, I'm just, I mean, I'm totally into it. But you know what I mean? I'm just not, like, like, yeah, yeah, like I get glued you. to it like that. You know what I mean? I'll be reading the race caps, watching the highlights, and you know, yeah. cheering on RV or whatever. But I'm not going to be setting my alarm. And, and but you guys, yeah, I you, I've heard from more than a few people that are just like you two guys that are saying, I'm more into GPS and Supercross right now. Well, that's because yeah, you got I would say that. What's that? You have one foot in hockey. You're already out the door. I'm already, I'm already out. Speaking about the door, Chase is is Wygant ever coming back? I did. I think we lost him in NASCAR. Right. He's I mean, gone, man. I haven't heard a peep from him. And, like, usually when Weed goes on, like, vacation, I'm using air quotes right now, like, he still, like, checks in and, dude. like, I'll talk to him. Like, he really doesn't go on vacation. This was, like, full on. I haven't talked to him in, like, a week, dude. I have no idea. He could be dead. I don't know. I have no idea where Weed's at well, right now. Well, <laughs> he, he, he responded in our group text to a couple of – of text, he's in one of our group texts. He responded a couple times to things that are not politically correct enough to bring up in this podcast. So, <laughs> so he is, he is listening. He's a alive. Little, he's alive, but there's not a whole right. lot of uh, Wygant uh, um, thoughts and direction towards the sport of Supercross going on right now. So he is. Uh, well, and then he called. Well, no, I'm sorry, he did. He, uh, I heard from him once, and it was like, "Hey, do you want to go to Houston? I want to go to a GNCT." And I was like, "What?" What's going on here, man? You're going to NASCAR quick, bro. Um, <laughs> NASCAR has pulled him in. Yeah, no, he's he's actually Detroit was the first race that neither one of us had been to. God, I don't know, five years. You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah, I don't think I've ever been to a Supercross without at least one of you there. Yeah, yeah. It it was kind of strange, honestly. It was like, and me and Jordan did it right. I was like, hey, dude, I'll write these reports. Just go make sure we get, because, you know, the pits are terrible in Detroit. I was like, hey, just make sure we go get podiums. And then if nobody's out there, we can just leave. (laughs) Um, Well, you need to get Swiss Corps to do 250 or 450 words over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we need them doing something. We're paying them, aren't we? No, I don't don't think so, but I'm paying them, and you guys are paying me. Well, that's that's what I mean. Yeah, we're paying, like, through you, though. I got him to do go- relative. I got him to do goggles. I got him to do uh, interviews. <laughs> he was full on. Well, who do you got covering? Who do you got covering the race this weekend? Uh, Chris Kiefer going this weekend oh, for Pulp MX. Right oh yeah, Chris Kiefer, dirt rider, <laughs> alumnus. Um, all right, BTOsports.com, Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, the Swiss Corps from the suburbs of Flint, Michigan. Uh, and uh, and Chase Stallo from Racer X Online. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you both of you soon. Yes, thanks, fans. See you. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. 
Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. It's the day.